This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall, joined today by Steve Mareska, Senior Security Engineer at Vancord, and Matt Fazzaro, also Senior Security Engineer at Vancord. Hey, hey guys. Hey. So we chatted a bit about this, um, but we're going to cover... Uh, the idea of, of AI and security products. And I think I want to harken back a little bit to episode seven, where we talked uh, about security products and, you know, silver bullets versus snake oil, right? The sort of the efficacy of security products. Uh, are they what most clients need? Um, are there better things that people can do as a precursor to some of this complexity? Um, you know, AI has really leapt onto the scene as, a little bit what feels like a silver bullet, right? This idea that you're going to have automation or, you know, some some intelligence within your products uh, solve a lot of problems for you. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm going to throw out to both of you. Describe, if you could, a little bit what you know, what, what AI is and and then maybe as we kind of go through it, like, do we actually need it? Uh, is it, you know, is it a marketing term? Is it legitimate? Uh, you know, let's start diving into that. So I guess maybe, let's maybe tackle the what is AI. That's a tough one. Right? Or, or what it isn't. For that yeah. Matter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of an evolving term all the time, right? Um, I mean, really what I think what people think AI is, is it anything that kind of makes a decision on its own, right? Without you interacting with it. And that's not really how it gets developed today, at least, right? Um, those are the expectations, but not the reality. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that it's marketed as something that makes better decisions than people can or an efficiency aid that makes decisions on your behalf. That's not necessarily the case, is it? I mean, right. at the end of the day, these are tools that really are intended to make challenging problems simpler. And whether that's actually the case is, frankly, an open question, in my opinion. AI, as it's marketed anyway, is supposed to identify things that are hiding. Uh, machine right. learning, it's a related term, but they might be used interchangeably. These are facilities and security products that are, are meant to reveal the mysterious or deceptive. Right, and a lot of it too is there's tons, there's fire hose of data coming in. It's supposed to help you with that. Be your, be your augmentation that can take these huge amounts of data and discern something from it, make some type of decision, right? So how does it work though? Is it like, you know, is it Skynet? Is it, you know, does it, does, does it know a little bit about everything or, uh, you know, is, is it actually learning anything as, as it, it gets data and starts making decisions? Uh, ultimately what we see in actual products doesn't remotely resemble what people think of AI from the Hollywood notion. Right. And that's very important to know. I don't know. I mean, that, that's a cool notion though. Well, I mean, it sounds great. <laughs> makes for good movies, but the reality isn't quite the case. You know, it's not very smart. If anything, AI is pretty stupid and you want it to be stupid. It's really a very special purpose tool, systematizing decisions, bubbling up anomalies, helping identify things that are hidden. Uh, ultimately, AI works in application by analyzing a baseline, learning what's normal, and then in some fashion reporting on deviations from that baseline. And in some cases, making decisions based around that. So, I mean, that feels more like, I mean, like you, you threw around the term machine learning before, like that just seems like a more appropriate way to describe it, right? Like getting data 
understanding what that baseline is. And then, you know, to your point, kind of alerting you when it sees something anomalous. And honestly, that's, that's a more modern term. Um, AI in terms of actual use has a long history. Um, one of the examples I like to cite is a logistics aid back in the Gulf War. We're talking early 90s. AI was used out of the really early research prototypes from MIT to help supply chain on the battlefield. And it's a challenging problem when you're moving goods, you have interruptions, you have supply shortages, you have stuff being attacked. And in order to make that time from uh, delivery to actually use shorter, these were specialized systems developed to find bottlenecks. Applied today, what that actually means is, uh, you know, finding unique pieces of information that are highly, highly sensitive markers of attack that may not be obvious in an environment uh, that's very noisy. I think Matt and I were talking earlier about the main challenge in security is that we're dealing with the realm of the unknown and all products prior really deal with the known bad. Uh, AI and machine learning, their goal is to find things that deviate from the norm within your environment, but aren't necessarily stand out malicious. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're dealing with security, which is what, like Steve said, a huge topic, huge problem space. Things are constantly changing, but you're trying to apply a very complex system to that. It just, it's a recipe for disaster, really. <laughs> so then, you know, is it really just a good marketing term? You know, cause, cause what you've described, I feel like are things that tools have done for a long time, right? So to collect a baseline, especially those that have really explicit purposes, uh, you know, get alert you on those things that are sort of known malicious, uh, maybe pull out or extract some of those things that deviate a little bit from that. But they, those still require a human being to evaluate and, uh, you know, sort of go down that to call it incident response path, right, <laughs> yep. to determine. Yeah, I, I think that it's it ended up being an overpromise. I, I don't think that people building these systems ever really intended it for it to be interpreted as the silver bullet that uh, it's just going to learn your environment, go off, and everything it says is going to be true from now on. Um, I think when people were building these things, they pretty much expected them to be uh, another data point that uh, security engineers can use. Right. Right. It, it's a decision that they may not have come to. Here's some more data. Go make a smart decision. And marketing kind of picked that up and said, oh, something's making a decision for you. This must be AI. Got to be AI. Right. All of the related technologies require shepherding by people, and that might be the engineering department. That might be the development team behind it in order to tune it appropriately. I think you said that a second ago. Yep. Um, they don't work in isolation. Uh, the decisions made and the anomalies identified in one environment might be entirely benign in another. So there's a lot of uh, potential for false positives. Um, and frankly, getting back to, I think, your original question, Jason, why, why is it out there? What's the purpose of it? I think it's a differentiator between competitors in a very cluttered space. Um, it's useful, right? It's just a way of adding robust behavioral analysis capabilities to platforms that might otherwise just know about the known bad. So I guess you know, one of the questions that I have then is going back to that idea of you know, snake oil, for example, does it give people maybe an overdeveloped sense of being secure. If you're calling things, you know, AI, if you're saying it has you know, an artificial intelligence to it, 
like, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks out there who have limited budgets, probably need to make you know some spend on technology if they buy something with the idea that it's just going to solve their problem, like you know, somehow knowingly solve their problems. You know, it, it, is it actually is the industry doing itself some harm by labeling things as AI? Do you think? I'd say probably the answer is yes. Yeah, it's you're like I said before, you're over promising what that system can do. Um, I can see why it was marketed that way. That it's a major pain point for a lot of organizations to be able to make decisions on huge data sets. Um, so that that was a way for them to say, "Hey, we can solve that pain point." Um, but you know, as we're seeing with products that are even out today, they're not fulfilling that that promise. On you know, it's not what's it's not doing what's on the label, right? It's not coming into your environment and immediately protecting you. It's I still need a team of people reading this stuff, tuning it, uh, actually discerning if what the results are usable. And that's, that's not to say that AI machine learning capable tools can't be used successfully. Yeah, it's absolutely. just that they require that effort right. investment. Sometimes right. that's done upfront. Um, sometimes not at all. I'd say that those products that have those capabilities, frankly, are either not very heavily used or are a source of nuisance because of the amount of uh, alerts that they might generate without the benefit associated with that nurturing. It sounds strange saying something like nurturing in a context for you know computer security, but it's the absolute truth when we're talking about these technologies. Uh, Silicon Valley had, uh, I'm not going to describe the particulars, but there was an image recognition algorithm yes, uh, yeah, yeah. in that uh, popular <laughs> series. And, you know, computers don't really know what they're looking at. You have to teach them appropriately. And that's true for data points like images. And that's true for, you know, what Bob is doing or shouldn't be doing on a given day on a, on a computer system. Yeah. And so one thing a lot of people don't know about a lot of these products is they, they won't even license it to you if you're under a certain amount of people because they need bigger data sets to even train you're, these. You're so the, the trainable systems need more data to even be effective, right? Um, I, I know in our organization uh, back in the day, we, we had gone down the path of you know, seeing if one of these were viable. And they just told us, yeah, you're too small. Our, our systems just won't work. And that's not exactly on the front page of the website, right? They want to lure you in with the, the AI machine learning uh, marketing terms. But then you get there to actually use it. And they say, well, wait a second. We need more data. We need more input. We need more, more feeding of the system. So. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that comes to mind is I've, I've sort of always said the term, you know, technology rich and people poor. Yeah. And, you know, that, that really seems apropos here where you can buy a lot of technology, but if you still don't have people to interpret some of the, the output, uh, you know, you kind of you get limited results, right? Limited successful results. And so in spite of this being you know, intelligent, you, you know, it sounds less so as we do, as we, as the more and more we talk about it, right? It right. really just sort of taking data and then trying to make some decisions based on that. And I'll bring it even further back. These are tools. Uh, they're arrows in a quiver. Yet you still need all of the foundational elements to help protect an organization appropriately. You need um, attention paid to alerts. You need controls that back up your anomaly detection. If they're not there to begin with, the uh, rarefied heights of behavioral analysis and similar that you get from machine learning and AI are meaningless. So returning again, as we tend to, to the fundamentals, that's where focus is required. That's where organizations should spend their initial effort. And 
if you're considering new products based upon, you know, marketing around AI or machine learning, it's probably not worth being on the uh, comparison sheet unless you've done all that, uh, you know, pre-work. Yeah. That's yeah that. uh, so I think maybe you know, to wrap it up, there's a couple of things that come to mind. I think one definitely is, you know, if there are security vendors out there who listen to the same, you know, hey, AI really does solve problems that you guys aren't addressing, right? Are you being unfair to the space? Uh, you know, we're, we're happy to have a conversation to explore that, right? So feel free to reach out to us at, at yeah. Vancourt Security on Twitter or, you know, Vancourt on LinkedIn, whatever. Um, you know, we could be, we could be maybe being a little bit more naked here, possibly. And it's worth tempering uh, before we do close. We have experience with these technologies. Sure. Matt's worked with expert systems. Right. I've worked with image recognition technology that, you know, they're tiny examples of some of the related material. We believe in the utility of expanded data sets. It just needs to be applied appropriately. Yeah. And there, there's a lot more uh, other industry use going on now. There's millions of dollars being put into uh, by private equity at this point to enhance AI systems to get, to further these things along for things like like wider supply chains, maybe not so specific as the, the example you brought up, Steve, but uh, I think in a few more years, we'll probably get somewhere where this stuff will be useful. Um, so neither of you feel strongly, though, that we're on the edge of Skynet and uh, a, a legitimate takeover by the machines, it, it sounds like to me. No, generally speaking, I wouldn't say so. No. And any of the <laughs> tools that you know act on, on your own, frankly, uh, have many, many fuses and circuit breakers in place to prevent something from right. going wrong. So we, we can still unplug them? I think so. That, yeah, that'll work? For now. All right. Uh, so on that note... Um, I appreciate you guys joining, uh, chatting a little bit about this. Uh, it, it, this is a big space, honestly. And I think in 15 minutes, you know, you can do a little bit of high level, but I think there's probably a lot of, there's a lot to cover here. If people are interested in it. So feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to chat more. Steve and Matt, thanks for joining as always. Of course. Uh, and uh, hope people got value out of this. Thanks. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been Cyber Sound. <laughs>